Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam, last year, we said probably 150, mid-150. Yeah. Same doe from the morning come out with that nine-pointer. Here, here steps out this 90-inch eight-pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90-inch eight-pointer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been at a buck down at 1.40 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 2.45, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. You've tuned in to one of the most mediocre podcasts on the airways. <laughs> uh, we're coming at you in your ear hole right now with another legend episode. Everybody loves them. People request them. Um, we're talking to Jacob Miner, killed the number four recurve buck in Buckmasters. Um, and what is weird is... I'm not trying to find recurve kills. <laughs> it's just everybody out there killing legends with a recurve. I don't know. Like the last couple episodes have been recurve. You know what I mean? Right, and right, right. I'm just scrolling and trying to find legends. You know what I mean? And and I find the legends and then I try to 
you know, creep their page a little bit For and sure. see how many other bucks they've killed. You know, I'm mean, like, oh yeah, this guy's he's got it going on. He's doing something. So, but yeah. Um, I mean, you got to kind of have it going on if you're yeah. out there with a the damn yeah, recurve. I, know. I, I asked him if he's going to go recurve this year. He's like, yeah, I don't even know anything else. I'm like, oh, this oh. guy's full sin. So full sin. you guys are going to love this episode. Real solid. Jacob's super solid dude. Always on a giant. And um, bought that piece of land and just went full sin. So props mm. to him for doing that. Let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to start out with the VIP um, we're going to talk about their social media. They have a new company running their social media, and they have picked up the game uh, immensely. Um, and uh, if you guys want to engage on there, that'd be great. Um, they're trying to get their social media up a little bit. Um, it's something that um, they weren't focusing on a ton, and now they're putting a lot of effort into it. And social media takes a lot, man. Yes, it takes it a lot to post and think up of you know creative ways to get people engaged so if you see a post give it a heart give it a comment that'd be greatly appreciated by us uh, do you have the vip shout out yeah this week's shout out is also going to be a little different uh coming at you different here the last couple weeks um i seen this post and i'm friends with uh tim tudor and we shouted him out um earlier in the episodes uh for his service in the marine corps but um you know I just wanted to kind of put everybody that's listening out there on notice. Um, we talk about a, a great deal of, you know, doing your due diligence of thanking these people that served for the country and, um, you know, did something that, you know, most people don't do and, you know, sacrifice a great amount. And um, Tim went through the drive through at McDonald's and there was a car next to him at the double drive through and uh, there was a 12 to 13 year old girl in the back seat. And uh, she's seen his license plate, which has, uh, you know, his Marine Corps symbol on it. And she waved at him. And then when he gets up there to pay for his food, the car in front had paid for his food. And it was the little girl who actually actually paid because the drive through lady was crying. And Tim's like, you know, what the hell's going on? And so then he asked, you know, well, okay, you know, she paid for my food, but why? And then she said that she had seen the license plate. And said that this 12 to 13 year old girl's dad was also in the military and um, he got deployed, but he didn't get to come home. Oh, man. So um, that hit Tim pretty hard and he made a pretty big Facebook post about it. And um, by the time Tim, you know, got his thoughts gathered and everything and pulled up to get his food, um, that card already, you know, went off and got back on the interstate. But, uh, you know, it just goes to show just a little bit of courtesy can go a long way with these soldiers. And um, by Tim's Facebook post, it um, definitely hits home yeah, that with, with some people. Sure. So, um, you know, it was very emotional for him. And, um, you know, you can do a lot of good in the world. So get motivated and get out there and, and thank some of these veterans. I like that shout out. All right, let's get to ECW calls, all your custom call needs. Um Roseville, Illinois. If you guys are local, go check them out. Shop's still open. He's making a lot of sales out of the shop. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see Jeff doing good. Yeah. Archer Shop's doing good. Jeff's a great guy, veteran, and uh, makes a good product. Just a Absolutely. solid dude all around. But um, Exodus Trail. You didn't put the, the stuff I know, up on I, that. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm just full I thought you were ready right to rip. <laughs> yeah, Exodus Trail Cams. We got the Exodus Trail Cam tip of the week. And this tip comes from... I've been seeing on social a lot, um, a lot of posts. I'm not getting any velvet bucks. I'm not getting any big deer on cam. Um, and I, this is kind of like a two, two part thing. And, um, one, if you're not getting picks, move the cam a hundred foot, 
Like, move the cam yeah. to the next trail. We did that on the private piece. No picks, no picks. I move it 100 feet, giant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes that's all that takes is you've you got that cam there. You're only looking at one spot. So don't get discouraged in an area right away um, just because you ain't getting no picks there. You might want to go other side of the tree, next trail, next pinch, try something a little bit different. But I see people getting really discouraged already, and uh, it's early. Sometimes, and, and the second part of this is the bucks not might not be there yet. No. But in October, it might be awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... So don't get discouraged. If you got the cameras and you think it's a good spot, let it soak. If not, move it around and, and try to try to get on something. You know, our season starts in October. I know the urge to get get bucks on cam for other people if your season starts earlier, but um, it's crazy to me that people are getting like utterly discouraged because um, you're, they're not getting giants on cam. You know, and and let's be honest. There's there's been times when we had nothing on cam, so. You look at social media, you see the big, broad picture. Uh, it looks like everybody's killing deer <laughs> in November, and everybody's got giants on cam. Everybody's got belly. But you're giant. not you're not seeing everybody that's not posting. So yeah. that's just for the people out there. Don't yeah. get discouraged. Yeah. A lot of time left. I mean, I could I could spend five minutes on this, but I just want to hit this real quick. Like, and then when you do get start getting consistent pictures, and it is getting closer to season, or you know they shed velvet start bread trailing them or you know if you can't kill them where the cam's at or you know you're not gonna be able to sit there start bread trailing them and then that's when yeah. you move it around and then, that's what we then do you can get tack- we tactical. always run edge and then try to bread trail back yeah, get and, back yeah. yeah and then we always most of the time we hit the fence <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, can't go any sure. further but yep. yep but uh you know at least you know you know you get an idea that the trail is using but yeah yep that's excess trail cam of the wig don't don't get discouraged you got something yeah, I was just going to rip out Ingram. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, this week for Ingram's Outdoor Obsessions, um, I'm I'm unsure of how I'm going to get Sunshine mounted. Um, you know, he's, he's on the waiting dock, but um, I, I was set on one, one style of mount, but um, I'm going to have to go up there and look at the book. And that's one thing I like about Chris is you can go up there, and he's not kind of pushing you into doing something different or something mold. that he wants you. Yeah. yeah. You know, something easy for him or something different that he wants to try or something. You know, he's going to let you be able to do what you want to do, and regardless of its, you know, his thousandth head that he's done and um that's something that that is you know very calming and soothing when you're in there is you know give you plenty of time give you give you the book of the molds that he's got and let you decide what you want and not pressure you into something that you're going to end up disliking yeah because once you got it you got it for life you prefer right so you're you're stuck (laughs) so all right man let's get into the show all right we got jacob minor on the line killed an absolute legend recurve burp Bo, uh, number four, right, for Buckmasters? Yeah, had a guy come over last night, and uh, he, after he got done, he, um, Buckmasters is kind of goofy. They don't, they, all they do is a growth score. They don't do any deductions, so they have, but they still have two numbers. So what they do is they just one number is without a spread, if you, if you don't know, and then, and then you're, and then they have your growth score. So he was 165 and seven eighths with no spread. And 188 and an eighth with the with the spread. So, yeah, we need to have somebody on here and like literally go through the difference of uh, BTR and Booner because yeah. the shit just it's hard to it, keep I, up with. I'm not picking up on yeah. it. <laughs> That's all I say. I know it's it's really goofy. Like uh, like 
if you, if you paid attention to like Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett, they kind of change hand in hand because they both have a um, like a like a rose score and a net score. But yeah. uh, Buckmasters is like the renegade of of scoring systems. They're just like if they can grow it, you can score it. So uh, that's kind of cool. I like that ideology because nets are for fishing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a good you know rule of thumb, and that's <clears> what kind of you know your normal guy I feel like goes by. But it's just like, oh, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's probably a solid 135 buck. And then you look at the score, it's a 163. Holy shit. Yeah. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard to add them up with the, with the BTR. Yeah, I would say sure. you just don't know. All right, man. Well, look, no, uh, introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit. Let, let them know a little bit about you. Uh, so I live uh, in Ankeny, Iowa. Um, this is kind of like right smack dab in the middle of, of the state, just kind of north of Des Moines. And um, I grew up hunting uh, traditional archery, and then as a, I think I was a sophomore in college, I bought my first compound. I got a Matthews Outback and shot that thing lights out for a while, and then really didn't do much with the trad until would have been the spring of last year. Um, me and my buddy Colton, uh, who I do some filming with, we... Um, Went on a turkey hunt, and we actually killed a triple one morning. He killed two, and I killed one out of the same blind in, like, ten minutes. It was crazy. And then from that point forward, I was like, hey, this is this reminds me of my childhood. This is cool. I want to I do this again. And we kind of made a pact between three of us, uh, Kyle Ransoms, our other buddy, and we are 100% trad only now. So we kind of made that pact at the beginning of the season, and I'm glad we stuck with it. But, uh, yeah, so I... I just, I've grown up hunting all my life. My dad was a diehard trad bow hunter. My grandpa was. He actually uh, killed the first deer in Greene County, Iowa, um, when he was 25, recorded since primitive times. I think it was in the first actual legal season. So that's kind of back when, and believe it or not, in Iowa, when seeing a deer would be like uh, seeing a bobcat. You know, you, you know they're there, but you just never see them. So that's. It's kind of, it's in my blood. It's, I've been around it my whole life, and I don't know, just can't get away from it. I'm glad it's, it encompasses everything I do pretty much, so. I say, I feel like being trad, like, you got to be all in or all out. You just can't be kind of messing around here and there. You're just not going to be able to hone your skills as good as what you need to, I feel like. Yeah, it's a, you got to commit 110%. I mean, it's, it, I mean, killing... It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not one of those guys that's gonna, you know, bash on a compound hunter or anything like that. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. I, you got to be 110. percent But yeah, trad is. You really got to trust yourself because at the end of the day, there's there's nothing to help you there. It's just you looking down that arrow shaft and <clears throat> and trusting your ability to put that arrow where you're looking. It's a. It, it's a fun feeling. It's really free. It's a really free yeah. feeling. So, yeah, I'm, I, I bet you it's super satisfying when you just smoke it in there, you know what I mean? You're like, when you get to the oh, point yeah. where you can just lay them in there, you're like, oh, man. Because, I mean, I feel like it would be, way, like you said, it would be freeing because you're trying to hold that pin on a compound so hard. You're holding that pin, holding that pin, and on a recurve, you're like, ah, this feels right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It just, yeah, and le- yeah, you, 
you, you just let it go, you know, and your mind is like, okay, that's where it's got to be. And then before you know it, you're watching that arrow disappear, you know, behind, you know, behind the shoulder of a deer or in the, in where you're looking at a target. And it, it, it is cool. It's, it's a, uh, it's very simple. I guess that's the best word I can think for it. It makes it, it just simplifies everything. It's just, uh, it feels very natural. Yeah, you definitely don't have to worry about, like, oh, what side am I going to run? What rest <laughs> or stabilizer or what release am I going to use this year? It's just like, here's my bow and arrow, my broad, <laughs> I'm ready to rip. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> here's my stick of wood. Yeah. So. Yeah. But just like you said, man, like, I mean, you're the one at the end of the day who's going to have to go home and try to go to bed at night and live with whatever you did. If you didn't make a good shot, you know, because you're not 100% confident in your ability, I mean, that's on you. So, I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, that's spot on. Absolutely. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I shot a compound, I could live with myself if, if I messed up, but if the equipment failed on me, I was, I was beside myself. I don't know if you guys have ever been in that situation where you've had, where you've been out in the field and you've had a D loop come undone or, um, a rest that isn't timed, you know, that's not dropping away fast enough or whatever, something loose on your site, you know, whatever it is like that, that stuff just, just drives the guy AWOL and it's like hard to handle. Yeah, I've I've had loose sight, but we shoot biscuits, man. Yeah, can't mess up a biscuit. <laughs> shoot biscuits and eat biscuits. You know what I mean? Yeah, that snack thing That's you it. put out there, no star crunch. What the, what the heck is that on your social, man? I I, I don't think I can make oh it through God. November without a star crunch. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I ate so many of those when I was a kid. Don't get me wrong, I could eat I could eat them, but man, those. Oh, those nutty bars. Oh, my God. <laughs> nutty bars are solid. <laughs> nutty bars are solid. This, we eat, that, me and homie eat so good, and then November hits, look out, dude. <laughs> look out. Nothing but carbs and sugar get me through this day. Yeah. I just count on, like, I'm my body. Way. I just count on my body having to keep me so warm during the rut. <laughs> yeah. That is just burning more calories homie, than I'm eating. Homie <laughs> eats a ham sandwich every day of the week, though. I'm like... A ham sandwich, man. Come on, you gotta step out the box a little bit. I'm taking like buffalo chicken out there. I'm like every deer for three miles is gonna smell me, but I'm eating buffalo chicken sandwich. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, <laughs> homie's got ham and cheese. I'm like, man, you're not you're not even living right now. I got buffalo chicken over here. Yeah, one of the times we seldom ate at the same time. I look down and Cody's just down there, just looking happy as shit. Just, <laughs> Monching on this buffalo chicken, I'm like, oh man, that, that kind of looks good. I need to step up my game. Yeah. If you're pulling Tupperware out of your hunting pack when it's time to eat, you are you are something serious. He has multiple bins of Tupperware. I mean, yeah. he is stacked. I'm stacked, man. He's the right guy to go hunting with yeah. if your snack game is I'm like, weak. I'm like, you need any of this? I got plenty, man. I got enough peanuts for six guys. <laughs> peanuts are like is that I mean, a- whole shell peanuts. You, they got to be in the shell. But you no. got multiple, multiple, multiple pluses. They taste delicious. You got a wind checker. You crush that <laughs> shell a little bit. Yeah. The dust just floats right through there. You're like, oh man, I don't okay. even need. But who doesn't just put Absolutely. the whole peanut in their mouth? 
the outer shell, everything. <laughs> Just crack I'm not it even going to answer that. The, the beginning of this was I gay. Bro- Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, this really escalated. This really escalated. <laughs> Who doesn't put the whole nuts in your mouth right up the rim? Oh, wow. Jesus. He set himself up. Didn't even, yeah, didn't even think. He didn't even think that didn't was coming. I mean, who doesn't just grab the two shells and just just chuck them right in your mouth? They go down your throat. It ain't a big deal. My God. No. Oh my. This is. We're all rated right here. All right, homie. I'm sorry, man. You. You. You really, Yeah. It was his fault. All right, but yeah. No, I. I I'm. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. The salt off the shells is decent. You know yeah, what I mean? That's nice. what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say it's suck on the nuts <laughs> like you're going to say. Yeah, don't. don't. All right, let's you're get... buying the extra. Who, which one of you? Hold on. Before we deviate away from this, who's bu- who, which one's buying the extra salty one? <laughs> I don't know. I'm the only one that's buying peanuts. Well, so. Cody doesn't even put the whole thing no. in his mouth. No, I crack them, man. I crack I, cra- I like to get the wind checker. You know, I crack them. <laughs> I sound like a squirrel up there. It's It's... Pluses. Everything's a plus. It's all nature. It's not, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, natural sound. If I want to feed a possum that rolls by, chuck him a couple nuts. You know what I mean? There's a lot of bonus. Now, now, now you're baiting possums not to ground set you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it, right. No, but it's just, it's just cover sound. You get them possums and raccoons around. Yeah. You're used to that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're solid. They, they love peanuts. Oh, <laughs> all right. man. That was we're a good getting, laugh. We're getting into the whitetail cotton. Someone done turned this thing off. They're like, oh, my God. What am I listening to? All right. Well, all right. You killed a buck called Full Circle, an absolute uh, awesome deer, man. Love the color of that deer. And, and props to you for taking some super solid picks, man. I love it when a guy yeah. takes yeah. real solid picks. That was actually, I've got a good friend that um, he has his uh, own show going on. It's called Wildest Dreams TV, and he's actually not very far away from me, about 10 miles north of me, and uh, he is very good behind a camera lens. So we kind of trade back and forth. Whenever we each kill a deer, we take pictures and do nice. what we got to do, but he's a super solid dude, awesome that, guy. That's good. So, when you when you get those pictures, man, it just, yeah. just saves the story so well. And I wish I had good pictures of every buck i've ever killed you know what i mean but you just don't when you're young you're like ah get in the truck yeah <laughs> we gotta go yeah <laughs> get into the locker let's yeah. go Grip and grand let's do it yeah take a the cell phone click the on the flip phone on the nokia <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. the blackberry holy shit <laughs> the old mo- yeah black i had one of those where you're like you try and hit one letter but oh the four. letters are so small <laughs> on that thing man. and then the numbers was up was even smaller because yeah. it was just on nine keys oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> all right like, well yeah they, they took keyboard and just shrunk it down and like here call people <laughs> exactly it. what they yeah. did they're like yeah. all right we'll just put a keyboard on here people used to that they're they like feel this, comforted the space key is the only thing that's regular <laughs> size <laughs> <laughs> all right well you killed a buck named full circle and we're gonna do a legend episode here and um let's just get into the story of uh, of the hunt man cool so um it kind of it it all started last summer we um bought this farm uh i think we we actually looked at it uh walked it in july and then uh i just did some research uh called a few people in the area surrounding area i knew some of the some of the guys that were down there already so i knew it was a pretty good area and uh so after we after i did a little homework i just decided this 
well, let's throw in an offer. So we did, and we went through that whole process. And if you've never bought, if, if the viewers have never bought a piece of land, it, it is the most aggravating, most rewarding process there is out there. It's just like once you put in the offer and then it goes to the attorneys, and I won't get all into all of it, but um, once they start doing their homework and putting everything together, it's just like you're sitting there in the background as the purchaser, and you're like, all right, boy, we're a month out from October. What's uh, what's going on? You're like looking at the watch that you don't wear, <laughs> trying to figure out when this is going to happen. But So we closed on it. We actually didn't close on it till October 10th but we were able to get early possession, put a couple green plots in and I didn't really want to get aggressive because I didn't know how the deer used it. Um, I ran a few cameras on it and just kind of on the edges, you know, I didn't want to intrude because if there was a good buck that called that place home, you know, a good mature buck, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to push him out. So I didn't want to get too crazy with it. But, uh, so we just had a couple green plots on the North and South side of the farm uh, kept our intrusion very low, hunted more of our permission properties really than we even did the fat farm. And we just really didn't get pictures of much. Uh, EHD just rocked us this last late summer. We went from where I'm at in Iowa, uh, in Monroe County is, was one of the highest deer density areas around. And of course, when EHD hits an area like that, it just just absolutely decimates it. And we lost gobs of does and young bucks. But surprisingly, we didn't lose a lot of mature bucks, which was weird. Because usually, when EHD hits, you know, you you lose your older class of deer. So it was kind of weird. It was what I was told. It was like two different strains of it. So I didn't look into that a bunch. But either way, we lost a ton of deer, <clears throat> and so. Um, we took a hunting vacation late October into the first week of November. And I pretty much just filmed my girlfriend, uh, try and kill her first buck. And she ended up getting that done on our last morning, which was cool. He came into about 30 yards and she put a quartering away shot on him. And it was pretty crazy. I've never seen a deer get shot like that in the boiler room. And the deer literally took five steps and just piled up. So she literally hit everything, but so that was cool. And, um, kind of the highlight of my season. And we, and at that point, you know, we still hadn't gotten any pictures of anything. So I, uh, just kind of waiting around to get something good. And, um, I did an all day sit. Well, it was, uh, the middle of November, I think around like the 13th or 14th, I sat all day and didn't see much seen a pretty good three-year-old uh chasing some does around on our farm that we had purchased and that was about it and i thought well i'm gonna get curious i'm gonna walk in a little further so i climbed down and got up on top of our ridge in the northwest corner of the farm and it was just loaded with sign just there were scrapes there in the timber there were rubs all over the place and our creek as it runs through the bottom of our uh timber draw there it's real thick and nasty and there's lots of blowovers and i noticed in this one spot where our ridge bobbled neck into the neighbor's property which is nothing but a giant just overgrown cattle pasture it really pinched them down 
and I don't know about you guys, but have you guys ever noticed that when a like mature bucks will walk the sides of ridges in the daylight before they'll walk the top? Have you guys ever seen that? Yeah, I have, and <clears throat> I've kind of had my best hunting um, after I set up like that. Uh, set a stand up there three years ago, and it's been some of the best hunting that I've ever had in my life is just banking on that, you know, quarter to eighth the way down off the top of that ridge. Yeah, that's that's kind of my my ideology when I walked in there. You know, there were there were big main trails, obviously, on the top of the ridge, and then there's always a pretty good trail, you know, along uh along the top side of a creek and then they'll pick you know you guys have seen it before and i know a lot of our viewers have they'll 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 pick a spot in the creek that's easy to cross well the certain run of the creek was just so steep they they just didn't want to mess with it so after seeing all that sign i came back a week later i got i skated off early from work and drove down there hung this set in the afternoon uh tried to be as scent free as i could and as quiet as i could and hung a double set and it was absolutely perfect it was it was on the side of my ridge uh i had a faint trail that was like 10 yards out in front of the stand i cut down one tree out in front of me one small three inch round tree probably gave me a great shooting lane and i figured with all with all that nasty blowovers and i knew all the sign was upwind of this tree i was like man this is like the perfect calling situation if I can, if I can paint the picture, especially to a, a mature buck late in the rut, like it was, because this was uh, when I set this double set, it was November twenty second. So we're we're down to crunch time because Iowa's shotgun season starts uh, December third. So I was sweating a little bit by this point, but um, so I set this double set, and everything was just perfect. All the activity was upwind of the tree. I knew that if I called to a mature buck and he was in the in the general area, he was obviously going to cruise down the side of this ridge so he could see over the top, he could see everything down below him, and with a southwest wind, it was going to be blowing across his nose and it was going to be blowing across my face. So it was absolutely perfect. And we climbed in the tree that morning, and this is kind of where it gets a little crazy. To this point, I had no idea that this deer existed. I just knew that there was a mature buck in the area that was ripping up my trees on that ridge and working this scrape. And at some point, I figured, you know, with EHD, low doe numbers, uh, that they were really, if there, if there were some big mature bucks left last year, they were really going to have to get on their feet and look. So <clears throat> we got in a tree that morning, and my cell cam goes off. And it's, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the new cutty link system but it it sends pictures an hour ahead of when it takes them so like if you get pictures of six you'll get them on your phone at seven and we were sitting in that tree at 7 a.m waiting for the sun to come up and my cell cam goes off and i get a picture at 6:10, and it's of this deer working my scrape tree in my north food plot which would have been 300 yards to the east of us where we were sitting that morning so by the grace of god walking in we were still 20 minutes away from the farm 10 or 20 minutes away from the farm at that point we didn't blow him out of there so <laughs> a little bit of luck but our access was was pretty solid anyway so 
we're in there, that picture goes off and it's like, okay, here we go. Now, now we're talking, you know, this is, this is what we were, had our fingers crossed the entire year for, you know, buying your farm and, and doing all the little bit of work we did and stuff. It was pretty, pretty uplifting to see that picture. So I let out a rattling sequence when I got light enough and I had a small two-year-old buck just come flashing through. I let him pass through and I looked at Nicolette about 20 minutes later. I'm like, I'm going to call again. Um, just to, you know, see what we can draw in. We got nothing to lose. We plan to sit all day, all weekend anyway. So we had, I think we had more snacks and food in our backpack <laughs> for that day than we did like anything we needed for hunting. To be quite honest with you, like the camera barely fit in the backpack <laughs> because we had so much shit in there. But been there. <laughs> so I called again. Yeah, yeah. You can, if you go to the food, if you go to your stand without food, you you're done. Something uh, wrong, yeah. something's wrong with you. You ain't making it. You're not making it but, past uh, eleven. No. No, you're you're gonna eat your hand. But um. <laughs> so. I hit that. I did that second calling sequence, and that that same two year old come racing through. But this time, his demeanor was totally different. You know, he was looking over his shoulder. Why he was flicking his tail constantly? You know, he. I mean, he was even changing sides. He'd look over his shoulder one way, and then he'd flip clear back around. And he'd look over the other way, and you could tell that there was something behind him, and he was something had his attention awful bad. Well, about that time, I heard sticks breaking and leaves shuffling, and it was like he wasn't even picking up his feet. It was it was just nuts. It, it, and then he let out that deep, throaty, you know, that lateral grunt that is just unmistakable of a mature deer, you know? Like, you can't even make that sound with a grunt call. There is no grunt call in the market that will make that sound. You guys know what I'm talking about, that one that just makes your hair stand up on the back of your neck? Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's like right from you're his like, yep. gut. Yeah. You're like, oh, boy, game on. You know, this shit's getting serious. And but we can't even see him. And finally, he breaks cover as he's coming through, and he's just working this faint trail perfect, you know? And it, it just was like everything I envisioned that w- that would happen that morning I just, I knew, like, it's like a mature buck is going to come walking through this ridge. This is where it's going to be. Just never thought that it would be the class of deer that it was. And he come and he finally showed himself enough to where I could see. And all I could see was mass and just how he just, just the spread and how he just went clear out past his ears and that giant, dark colored wide forehead and how blocky his head was. And it instantly I'm like, yep, this is, this is a big deer. I didn't, after that, I was just like, okay, kill mode, you know, don't mess this up. And he stopped uh, probably 15 yards away from the tree and, and did what big old mature bucks do. He just surveyed everything. He just looked everything over and I'm like, okay, just keep walking, buddy. All you got to do, find it. Find that fight, you know. Keep walking. And sure sure as shit, he put his nose down, put his head back up, and he walked Just walked on a beeline. I drew back, anchored, stopped him. And as soon as I stopped him, that arrow was gone. And 
hit him in the heart, and he went 80 yards and fell over, and that was it. Damn. Nice, man. I love it when you're out there and you get a cell cam pick. It just There's nothing, no better <laughs> yeah. feeling that you're like, okay, I'm in the game. There's something close. You oh, you're I mean? talking if it's if it's close to you. Yeah. Not if you're, you know. Yeah, not if you're not at home. You're at <laughs> yeah. home and you get a cell cam pick. But, yeah, if you're in the, oh, if yeah. you're in the stand and you get a cell, cell film pick, man, that's. That's primo, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. Oh, it was just it was cool. I don't think I've ever heard a buck grunt before I seen him. Like that would just be. That would be like that you would did be last year. No, that the little bucks. They were, they, were, they were fifteen yards from the tree. Not when they were in the brush back there. Remember, because we thought it was uh, chaos. Yeah, yeah. You did. You never heard like. No, yeah, I, I, no. yeah, I guess. I guess a that, that 180. Little, that little <laughs> burp, burp, burp. That's what we always hear, that little yeah. burp, you know. Just that tending, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on you. But, yeah, you know. Oh, and, dude. That's what, that's what I always say, like, while we're turkey hunting. Like, you hear a turkey gobble, and you just, boom, you, you know damn near right where he's at. But we're just like, dude, if you could just yep. know where where your number one hit list is at, burp. Oh, yeah, he's right there. All right, all right. He's 60 yards. He's coming. He's coming, <laughs> you know. Yeah, when you hear that. That certain uh, that certain sound, you know, it's just low and and guttural, and it and it really does. It makes the hair just stand up on the back of your neck, and you're just like, man, there is only one class of deer that can make that sound, and especially like in our situation when we couldn't see him yet, like it's like my head was on a swivel. I just immediately turned in that direction, and I looked at Nicolette, and you can hear it in the footage because we film everything, but. Um, which, um, if you, if the listeners are interested, uh, Deer Society will have this hunt. Uh, it'll be though they're editing in the process of editing it now, so I'm not sure when it'll drop, but um, you can check it out there. But um, anyway, when you hear that sound, and I looked at her and I was like, "There's a mature buck coming." I don't know how big he is, but there's a big buck coming, and I just told her I was like, "You got to get ready," and she swung that camera around and. It's just that sound that it's just, I don't know. Yeah, we, we were just, we were back on November, and we heard some grunting, and, you know, you hear that burp, burp, but then we heard that burp, and then a little bit of a little bit of fighting. I was like, there's something over there. And then, what was it, a couple minutes later, that real solid eight-pointer, I was like, yeah, that was him. Yeah. Yeah. But he completely skirted all the way around us. Got a fire pinch in the rut. You're like, oh, yeah, coming right through here. Now I'm going to run over this 80-foot hill, <laughs> jump off this cliff, swim across <laughs> this creek. I'm 150 yards away, bro. Should You should have set up on that trail. That's my yeah. faint rut trail right there. My <laughs> Yeah. We're like, what did that deer just do to get over there? Just, just, just think it's of just James Bond stuff. Yeah. Deal. Just think if Magnum was grunting on the other side of that knoll before yeah. we seen it. We'd be like, holy shit! Yeah. Like something's about to come well, out. Well, I have seen him. So, well, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess I need to get up there and look at what you yeah. could actually see yeah. over there. That's. I mean, that's that's why I think that um, I've almost come to the conclusion. I've killed my my two biggest deer have come in the latter part of the rut. Like after after November twentieth, and I don't know about you guys, and but it just seems like they're so much more predictable rut wise the later you get into the season. And I think, and I think it's because obviously it, they kind of shift back to a little bit more of a pattern because there aren't 
so many does still cycling. So, on, like, from now on, I've made the decision that when I take my vacation, it's going to be, you know, that week prior to Thanksgiving. I'm, I've I've seen I'm the just, biggest deer on that Thanksgiving weekend out of the stand. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I think you just – there's so much more working in your favor. Yeah, you know, the rut's cool. Uh you get to see a lot of deer. You get to see a lot of chasing. You, I mean, you're if, especially if you sit all day. You know, you sit all day on November fifth if the weather conditions are right, or November second, or whatever it may be. If the weather conditions are right, and you're in an area that's got a good buck to doe ratio, I mean, you you're on pins and needles the entire day. Whether or not you see something that that you want to shoot is another another aspect to it. But you're you're going to have a great hunt. It's going to be enjoyable. You know. You're yeah, not I feel like bored with that thing. Yeah, I feel like the rut, like November 9th, you could literally be sitting there, and in 30 seconds, it's go time. In October, yeah, bucks feeding, he's <laughs> coming in, you know, and it's like you got to shoot in 30 seconds. You see the buck, you got 25 yeah. seconds to get it to happen. You know what I mean? So you got to be like, yep. In October, you know, you're like, okay, he might be bedding here. He's gonna cruise out. It's a slower, slower pace. You know what I mean? But uh, like you said yep. during that, but yeah, the the later rut, um, every deer that I have seen that's a giant, it's been with a yearling doe. Every single one of them has been on a yearling doe. So I yep. feel like well, if you know where there's a couple yearling does, it's not a bad spot to set up. No, and that's that would be um, if you like that would all go back to your trail game and until you know if you've got some. If you had some does with some that had some early fawns, oh man! Yeah. If you, if you can remember that, you know, if you can remember a fawn or a farm that where you've had some fawns that are early, then that could be that could be a seriously good spot come late November. Yeah, that's where I've seen the two the two biggest deer out there is same same fawn. I think it's the same doe. Two two fawns, both does. I think homie killed her though. <laughs> <laughs> with a shotgun when we lost the property yeah but, yeah yeah but yeah but uh i killed one of the fawns but uh anyway well, she always had they're, they're so delicious yeah she had she always i hit i killed it late season i let it grow all year i made sure that it had oh. a giant fetus in it and then i killed it <laughs> i guess oh. i didn't kill that one before you yeah did. yeah yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, Anti-hunting groups coming over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made sure that there's a giant buck inside of that before I murdered it. Yeah, but the one with the, the one with freeze babies in it was December 28th yeah. or 9th. Yeah, homie killed one real late, December 28th. But we pretty much wiped out a doe family group before we left that property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there was a doe that always had two fawns early, like every year. And I would focus on them. And then I think you end up shooting them. There was two deer, two mm -hmm. fawns with her. And homie yeah. ended up shooting her. But uh, there always would be a giant with one of those fawns that Thanksgiving weekend. I was like, I could bank on it. Oh, yeah. And one, two of them were visible sightings, and one was trail camp sighting coming or in the same area coming right off their freaking magnums. I'm talking, you know, 180-class deer. Well, and they were bedding where we thought Freeze was bedding. Yeah, and they are bedding in the same area. And that's something that we, you know, we're learning that these deer – their bed, those bucks are moving their beds, and they're bedding real close to those doe bedding areas during the rut, and that's why I feel like they got that lone doe. It's one of the last does that's not bred. They're 
they're gonna hold on to her tight. You know what I mean? Because it's the last piece they're gonna get yep. all year. You know what I mean? I was. I feel like that's yep. when they really like seclude them, and you know, yeah. like you've seen them like really push them and get them bed down in some thick cover, and then literally run the bucks off. Seen it on Midwest Whitetail a couple times. Like I feel like that's when that yeah. really happens. Yeah, they just uh, they. I wouldn't say they get dumb in the later part of November, but they they get a lot more lackadaisical. They get you know, desperate. They just, yeah, desperate. they do. Yeah, they they you know all of a sudden going to bed at nine o'clock in the morning isn't a big deal to them anymore, especially if they've been up all night cruising, just looking and looking and looking. Yeah, and the it's one... like they lose kind of they lose track of time, almost is what it what it seems like that late in the road. Yeah, they're you know, just they're worried about going down. wherever that doe goes. The just, one that I had the yep. encounter with ran across 600 acres or 600 yards of open field behind a yearling doe and never daylighted on trail cam, never seen him daylight in two years. And then, boom, he's daylight after 600 yards of open. So he ran across 600 yards of open field in the daylight with a yearling doe. And he had, he probably had no idea. He's like, up. Oh. Yeah. Here it is, last piece. I'm after. Yeah, he didn't get have a care in the world when he hopped the fence. If nope. I could, if I could shoot better, he'd, he he'd, said hop the fence. He'd oh be done. <laughs> 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 that was before I hunted high fence. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, this that, was. Oh, a high that was before. Yeah. High yeah. You kill a one ninety three. You kill a one ninety three. You get enough high fence comments <laughs> to kill a horse. Oh my god. <laughs> Every day in my life, if I don't get a high fence or a gun comment, it hasn't been a good day. <laughs> I I have had I've had two comments. Uh, one of them was, and these are funny. One of them was, you probably shot that with a muzzleloader, and the other one was, uh, most likely you killed that with a compound. But hey, the stick though is pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, wow. I was, I was confused on the last one. I'm like, is that a compliment or? <laughs> I'm not real sure what you're trying to do here, not, but uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I told homie, I said, all right, what we're going to do, we're going to shoot a deer, and then we're going to drag my kayak out in the middle of a cornfield, and we're going to take a picture of the deer in the kayak and just not say that we didn't shoot it in a kayak, and then we'll get hella, hella <laughs> likes on Instagram. <laughs> it was a... It was a- it was a wet year, and the farmer didn't replant his. Yeah, I mean, we, we kayaked across that field. You should have seen us. Like, we just had the boat on standby in case it flooded. Yeah. So might as well take a pick with if you. It. If there's a boat and a buck, hella likes on Shit that thing. Shit is blowing. <laughs> Shit's blowing up. <laughs> dry, the water table in this area is crazy. Dry yeah. pick cornfield, there's a kayak out there with a boat, with a buck just draped across <laughs> it. I'm gonna be in there with a gun, dude. It's got to be like a 45 inch six it's, pointer. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be epic. But yeah, I, I said we need to. He's wearing. He's wearing orange. It's legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't no, eat the horns. Yeah, no orange. Hat, Not a hat though. No, no orange hat. I got a kick to the no, no orange, orange hat. hat. Get a lot of comments about that. I ju- I shoot a giant. My my hat's off in three seconds. You know what I mean? I'm. It's a beanie. I'm sweating bullets right now. You know what I mean? The hat's probably I've still in the my- timber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At that point, I've chucked my bow 30 years. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> over. Like, anything close yeah. to is. <laughs> the funny thing was, is we're, I mean, 20 minutes we've been sitting there, been all loud and shit. And Cody's like, 
these neighbors are gonna be like, "Who's somebody? I don't know what's going on over there. Somebody just shot Mister Freeze." Yeah. It's it's like nine forty in the morning, nine fifty in the morning. I'm like, "There's hunters still out there." Yeah. I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. I shot Mister Freeze get beat up over there. They're like, yeah, right. Yeah, someone's getting murdered over there. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm pretty sure Mister Freeze is not in a good spot. Heard two right gunshots now. and shit went crazy. Yeah. There's, there's a high school volleyball team over there. Yeah, yeah, that? that's this guy's watching Batman on a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps killing Mr. Freeze. Hey. I don't know what's going on. Oh, that's that's a good program. Yeah, I mean you can't can't beat that. No, no, I love that. This this is going off the Richter real quick. <laughs> yeah, for, we, yeah. We sidetrack. <laughs> that's so, okay though. So do you ever feel like you're limited being out there with a the recurve or is it just a totally different mindset of like you, just going into it, you know what you can do and what you can't do and what you can't do, you can't do, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's a that's an awesome question. Um, I think actually going back, so hunting with a compound and then switching, so starting traditional hunting with a compound and then switching back to the recurve, uh, I think is actually kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Um, cause I kind of have the, <clears throat> the thought process of, okay, you know, when you hunt with a compound, I'm sure you guys have thought like this before when you're setting a stand or you're putting up a blind or whatever it may be, uh, you think, okay, what if I have to shoot 40 yards? Where's this going to work if I have to reach out and poke one? Yeah. Whereas now hunting with traditional equipment, my effective range is 20 yards. So I'm thinking, what if I got to shoot 20 yards? What if I got to shoot 15? You know, what if I got to shoot one quarter away at 18 yards? You know, something goofy. <clears throat> and it's made me pick up more on uh, the small details, the more fainter trails. It's it made me pay way more attention to areas that deer don't use. Uh, crosswinds, crosswinds are awesome. I mean, if you can get a you can you can get a bottleneck situation on a trail that's faint, that's close, you know, ten yards and closer, and you can get the wind coming off both your noses. Oh man, what a slam dunk place to be, you know. And it's just really not so much the limitation of not being able to shoot that 40 yard number or that 30 yard number. It, it's just, it's made me be more detail oriented. And I think that's, I mean, that's, I, I would like to see compound guys. I mean, regardless, think the same thing too, you know, instead of thinking, okay, what if I have to shoot 40? Well, what if I have to shoot 20? Because I don't know about you guys, but most of the deer I killed, I killed with a compound or with a bow period. I mean, what, 80% of them have been inside 20 or less? So Yeah, and I mean, Cody and I kind of just set our stuff up for uh, 25-yard and undershot. Um, we don't really hunt field edges or anything like that too much, although this new property we have is pretty much field edge. Um, and we do have one stand set up that is probably going to be about a 35-yard shot. It's just um, with the way the fence line set up there's no trees other than that one that we have and you know we're just gonna have to make it work it's just you know 
you're gonna have to play the hand you're dealt, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Is it a sounds like a is it more of an open farm, like a CRP farm or something like that? Yeah, it, it's um, there's a road on the west side of it, and then um, there's a field ag, and then there's a fence, and the fence runs north and south right along with the road. So we just basically have that ag. And um, there's a few trees hit and miss on either side of the fence, and um, that's just kind of what it is. It's about, we haven't mapped it out, but we're just guessing 180, 200 acres. So um, it, it is what it is. We got a couple spots set up that, you know, just like I said, we're aiming for that 20, 25-yard spot. But um, just like you said, most of them are, you know, 20 and in. And that's, I mean, you're plenty confident there. You can hold 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 if you need to and still rip one off at 20 and be pretty accurate Mm -hmm. yeah that's the that's a pretty cool that's the cool thing about trad too is that you know if you shoot enough and you put your time in and and you know the the cool thing about the situation i'm in is i have a couple buddies that shoot trad too so we can rip arrows you know together in the backyard you know whether it's at their place or my Mm -hmm. place or whatever it is yeah and we do a lot of that. We do a lot of practicing in, you know, kind of high tense situations where we got to hold a little longer than we want to, or, or we kind of make it fun. You know, my girlfriend doesn't like this, but I'll put like some of her flowers and shit in front of the deer target that they're growing there, and we'll, like try and shoot through some of the flowers or shoot some of them off. God, I hope she never listens to this. But. <laughs> We'll, we'll do like random fun stuff like that, you know, just to kind of get that extra uh, element. Yeah. Just to get that tension there, you know, like maybe have one of them, you know, just kind of play the situation of being the cameraman or whatever it may be. You know, you can't, you just kind of calling you off and until, you know, the time's right to make the shot, but it's all fun. And I, I don't, it, it, it's definitely not going to make you a worse bow hunter by any means, you know, all that stuff you do in the off season, but no, I don't know, it, just... and now that you said that I was on a 3d shoot last year and they had the, um, the deer positioned quartering away and there was like a, you know, five inch round tree on the front shoulder. So you had to really, you know, sneak it in there and, um, mm-hmm. it does kind of amp that up, you know? So yeah, I, get your blood flowing. Yeah, I think get I'm going to try to do some stuff like that. I, I, I mean, there's not, there's nothing negative that's going to come from it. I mean, it's only going to make you better because might lose an arrow, I lose, mean, lose a twelve dollar arrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, it's just money. No big deal. <laughs> that, that, that kind of brings me to another point. Now that you guys say twelve dollar arrow, so my, my dad was a diehard trad guy, but he always shot wood arrows, and <clears throat> he built. I mean, there was a point in time when I was, I think I was um, five or six, maybe. And how I can remember this, I don't know. But my dad built a self-bow out of hedge, which is Osage Orange, for people who didn't, don't know that. Um, it's a really gnarly tree that grows in the Midwest. And they don't get very tall, but they're super strong. And so they make great self-bows. But anyway, so he built this bow out of head, and he built his own arrows out of uh, some Port Orford cedar that he ordered, and then he actually uh, built some some broadheads out of spring steel. 
that he dual beveled and sharpened up. Anyway, he killed a couple does uh, late season with that, which was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of, he used to do a real old school. Yeah, that's super badass. Make everything right off the Richter and and go out there and get it done. That's super, super rad. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm about six. And he used to to give me so much crap when I switched from shooting trad to shooting compounds with the carbon arrows and everything. And and then when I started shooting trad again a season and a half ago when I killed that turkey, um, when I picked it back up again, he was still kind of giving me crap about the carbon arrows. And I was like, I was like, listen, dad, they're either straight or they're broke. Yeah. You, you can, <laughs> there's no way around. <laughs> can't bend carbon very well. Wood, the wood, no. I'm sure they can get like, a hell of a bend in. Oh yeah. I mean, they flex like crazy out coming off a bow. It's pretty insane. If you ever like go to YouTube and, and type in a cedar elf, a cedar arrow being shot off of a trad bow, like, literally just type that in. It is insane how much they flex off the riser. But I kind of, now he shoots carbon arrows, so he can't give me any crap anymore because <laughs> he realized that, hey, <laughs> they're either broke or they're straight. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, still, he still likes to bitch about how much they cost. But that's just, that's just him being an old man. So <laughs> That's just that generation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. Uh, killed an absolute legend with the trad bow, and by your trail cam picks, looks like you might do it again. So, yeah, I've got the, I've got a few few bucks this season that'll be pretty pretty watchworthy, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, you guys will have to stay in touch, and vice versa, and hopefully we can do her again. I'd love to come back on and do another legend episode. That'd be, <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. We're that looking for the first sweet. repeat. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what I can do. I can't promise nothing, but I'll try my best. So. That right there is what we call an epic legend hunt. And I said epic. Everybody calls me out for that word. <laughs> it was epic. Yes, it was. Deal with it. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun here these last couple episodes. Yeah. Number four, recurve record book for buckmaster I btr mean, i mean get out of here how, how more epic can you get um jacob awesome guy to hang out with yeah. um hopefully one day i'll be in iowa <laughs> get to chase one of those iowa deer are around. you you're gonna go to iowa why not i know why not you might as well when we have four weeks vacation you're gonna say you're not i need to go somewhere in. where we can bait got to get on the next level train there we go all right you guys you guys know what to do get out there get the damn cams up if you ain't got your cams up come on man get them get Get them up you know i mean get them up um a guy at work said ah i probably won't shoot my bow for another month i was like (laughs) bro perfect he shot a deer right in the shoulder and lost it last year too i'm like come on man do the right thing. Get out there. Put the work in. Leave a legacy. Wait till legacy's out. 